The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Charlotte Hornets have slid under the radar, haven't they? When you're a bad team and everyone knows you were going to be bad and then you are bad, it's like... Your inadequacies, your mediocrity, even worse, like the train wreck that is your team, it just goes completely unnoticed, doesn't it? They have slid under the radar, I think, for too long. No one in the NBA right now is playing worse defense than the Charlotte Hornets. No one. They just, they're giving up like 117 points per game, 117.7 per game. That is 27th in the NBA. They are 28th in the NBA in rebounds allowed. 24th in the NBA in assists allowed. 24th in the NBA in opponent field goal percentage. I mean, there's not a defensive metric that they do well. If you could find one and uh, and tell me, let me know. They're basically in the bottom quarter in every single category. And this is coming off of a season where their head coach was fired because they finished 27th in the NBA in points given up with, you guessed it, same exact amount, 117.1 points per game. So they actually are worse this year. They fired my man James Borrego, brought in Steve Clifford, and they are statistically worse defensively than they were last year. So I took a lot of flack because I, I said that the Charlotte Hornets could be the worst team in sports. Maybe that's not true. Okay, James Dolan exists. No shade to James Dolan. Love James Dolan. Love your work. Love your music. Want to be at MSG. So we're good on that. Uh, you might say that Dan Snyder is worse. Totally fair. You might say that uh, homie from the Suns, Robert Sarver, was worse. Okay, but all we know is that they're in the dregs, all of them. Michael Jordan is in the dregs. But Steve Clifford, new coach Steve Clifford, but actually old coach Steve Clifford because he was a head coach there once before, has had enough of the Charlotte Hornets bullshit. What did he do? He just destroyed them. Just not just destroyed him on the internet, not just destroyed him in private. He decided he was going to do a full dress down on video. Yes, he did. Last night is what happened. Charlotte Hornets went to OT against the Pistons, a team with, without Cade Cunningham. And, and let me remind you, he's out for the year now. 
we should probably mention that because last episode we didn't know, and 15 minutes after the episode got recorded, it was announced. I hate to see it. That's just life in the NBA circles, right? And this was LaMelo's return after a month on the aisle. LaMelo ball fouls out with 29.6 seconds remaining in regulation. And the Hornets crater. They lost 141-134 in OT. And Steve Clifford, I tell you what, he was big mad. This is what he did in his postgame presser, pretty much blowing up the bridge. Until we care about something besides how many points we score, we're not going to win much. Can't play like that. I mean, we scored. Our offense was good. That's five of the last seven games. We've been pretty good on offense. We are playing no defense, not one guy. There's not a bright spot. Not a bright spot. Not one bright spot on defense. Not one. That is damning, is it not? When when someone says this whole team stinks, and I mean every single player, there is not one good player. Like so, if you reside on this team, you should know you stink. Keep going. Pick and roll stuff, all stuff that was good. I think we were as high as like twelfth or thirteenth in defense about ten games ago, and we're right back to where we started, ground zero. Where all we want to be is let's try to outscore the other teams. Doesn't work in the end. Pause. In this game, really fast, I'm watching this video. They shot 51 threes. Are you serious? They went 17 for 51 from three. Wow, that's insane. Keep going. NBA, unless you're, well, actually, it never works, okay? So what I just told them, this is either you build a game that will actually work at the end of the year when you play the important games or you don't. That's it. That's what the NBA is all about. Okay, it's not that we don't have the talent to do it. All we care about is scoring. That's it. And if you're going to try to play like that, you better have like five all stars. We don't have that kind of talent. So it's not something that will work. Did he just say you better have five all stars? Was that a ricochet shot at the Warriors? Warriors play some defense now normally, not this year. Work. We're either going to decide to get back to playing with a defensive effort. It's not it's not that we're not trying to win as we go about it all wrong. Okay? I mean, watch team after team, right? There's always a team every year that they get there, and what happens? They get drilled because they don't have a game. They don't have the right kind of game. You can't just outscore people in the NBA. You can't. You can't. And you can't decide that you're not going to do the things that take effort, like rebounding or getting loose balls or putting your body in front of the ball. You can't. It just doesn't work that way. And that's what we're trying to do right now. All right? That was a two-minute dress down the question though that I have is like where has Steve Clifford been you know like where was he last year where did what was he doing when the Charlotte Hornets gave up 117.1 points per game like what did he think was gonna happen did he think when he was gonna when he took the job like yeah, I'm going to turn Kelly Oubre into Dennis Rodman. What? Like, Lem- who Who told him it was going to be any different? This is, this is how they are. This is their entire M.O. We put up buckets. We shoot 51 threes per game. We don't get back on defense. We yell at the ref. LaMelo is legit the only player that has any interest in playing defense at all. LaMelo says, oh, yeah, we got to lock in on defense and figure that out. As soon as we do, we will turn this thing around. 
LaMelo Ball defensive rating, I'm pretty sure is not commensurate with his desire to play defense. 114.3 defensive rating for LaMelo Ball. So I want to be a supermodel, but you know what? I'm 5'5", so it's just not happening for your girl. And that's what's happening for the Charlotte Hornets. You don't have the personnel to play defense. You have what we call chuckleheads on your roster, and many of them. And you don't have a ton of length and athleticism to make up for it on the back end. I mean, this is like, this is what we've been saying about Charlotte for three, three years. I don't even know why Steve Clifford is ranting about this. This is something we just kind of all know. The Hornets now, 7-21, and 21, worse than the Pistons, meaning currently the Charlotte Hornets have the worst record in the NBA. And the Charlotte Observer noted that the main reason that they are this bad is this. Staying in front of the guy with the ball. (laughs) One of the most basic defensive principles seems foreign to Charlotte. Running back on defense to prevent the easy layup. Another concept seemingly hasn't been introduced. Folks. This is crazy. This is so insane. Like, absolutely bonkers stuff that we have to talk about this. The issue, there's no way to fix this. Like, how do you get a guy or a team to buy into defense and just all of a sudden start strapping players? Like, how do you get Terry Rozier to stop being like, yeah, I'm going to cook? How do you stop Kelly Oubre from being like, yeah, I cook. I'm a chucker. What? I'm going to play defense. Portland's probably the best example, and let's be honest, they're not like some juggernaut. For many years, the Portland Trailblazers were 30th in defensive rating. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. They had to blow up their fucking roster to do it, too. They had to get new guys. Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart. Gary Payton the second. He's not back yet, but he will be there. Nasir Little had to get more time. You had to move C.J. McCollum that was an absolute sieve on defense. You had to figure out a way to get guys to protect Dame Lillard, who's an absolute sieve on defense. No shade to Dame Lillard. Love you, Dame Lillard. That's pretty much Charlotte's future, is it not? Blow it all up. Get rid of everyone. Get rid of everyone but LaMelo Ball and protect him with guys who are wings who can defend. Figure it out. You're a team that's going to be in the lottery. I don't know. Maybe they'll get Victor Wambanyama, which would be a goddamn shame. Clifford ended his presser by saying, all we want to be is let's outscore the other team. That doesn't work in the NBA. Never works. A more true, true statement never been said. He might have explained why he's going to be out of a job sooner than later because if you're allowing, what, like 11 uncontested layups per game, to be made. I think that's what it is. I mean, you, sir, are not doing the very basics of your job. Paul Silas, an absolute bucket, Hall of Famer, father of Rockets coach, 
Stephen Silas, has passed away. He's passed away this week, the age of 79. Well, too young. Uh, there's been a bunch of great retrospectives out there, think pieces, Google them, because Silas was an absolute bucket as a player. Definitely deserving of the Hall of Fame. But for me, the thing that's the most interesting about Mr. Silas is uh, he was a cold-ass motherfucker. He was stone cold. He took shit for, from absolutely nobody. No one. And I could not love it more. I love old people that don't take shit. Like, I love them. Like, hard rock old folks that's like, yo, I will, I will beat the shit out of you if you wreck on me. That's him. There are endless anecdotes about Silas's warm nature. But underneath him, Stone Cold Killer. Maurice Lucas said the first time he played against Silas as a player, he's like, yeah, I line up beside Silas at the start of the game. He barely speaks to me. The ref tosses the ball up, and Silas elbows me in the face, knocks me out. That established how I would eventually play. Whew. Whew. That's like hockey out there. The demeanor also carries over to the coaching career, which I think is amazing. According to reports, Silas once, once benched Eric Snow when he didn't come off the court fast enough, which is an amazing reason to bench a player. And then he banishes him to the locker room. Here's another good one. While coaching the Cavs, Silas gets into it with forward Ira Newby, a former Hawk. He wanted to play against his old team in Atlanta, but did not see the court at all. Paul, uh, Paul Silas was like, absolutely not. So Newby comes after Silas, right? And the altercation ends with Silas chasing Newby down the hall while screaming at Newby that he was a hip-hop motherfucker. Finally, the best one. Talking about Charlotte. He was coaching Charlotte in 2012. So he gets into it with Bobcats player, the Bobcats at the time, Ty Thomas. Pins this dude up against a locker. Why? What did he do that was so egregious, you might ask? He was too friendly to the opposing team after a loss. Did I mention Silas was 68 at the time? Do you know how cold and mean and ruthless you have to be to pin a young man up that you are coaching up against a locker at 68 years old for something just kind of normal about the NBA? Insane. Another time, while coaching in Charlotte, seven-foot center Desagana Diop dropped the N-word in practice. Silas immediately stopped practice. And remember, Diop is from West Senegal, or Senegal and West Africa, excuse me. So English was like his second language. And he says, I used the N-word when I was at school at Oak, Oak Hill Academy, but I didn't really know the meaning behind it. And Coach Silas went on to tell me the history, the ugliness of the word, and how it affected him while growing up. Big shout out to Paul Silas. What a what an interesting collection of anecdotes. And what I loved about all the anecdotes, newbie, Thomas, Diop, they all loved him. They weren't wrecking his name when they told these stories. They were friendly with him. They were tight with him. They said he's newbie said he's one of the, the coaches I treasure and I appreciate playing for the most. The guy who called him the hip-hop motherfucker and chased him down the hall. That's like one of his favorite coaches. Like, imagine being chased by an irate coach. And it's like, yeah, that's the best coach I've ever played for. 
He must have been awesome in other ways. His legacy lives on. Following the Rockets' recent victory over the Suns, Monty Williams embraced Steven Silas, which, by the way, you had to know that the Rockets were going to win that game. He had just come back from a one-game bereavement leave, and on the verge of breaking down, Monty held his embrace, and Silas just melted into his arms. Nothing would have made Paul Silas more proud of Monty and Steven than that. So R.I.P. to an NBA legend. That is all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Monday night, so Tuesday morning with an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes and past mini-episodes for pretty much dropping every day. Follow the Heat Check. We are full swing right now. The NBA is hot, hot, hot. Do not forget to download. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends, every single one of them, every single NBA fan. The NFL season is coming to a close, so it is time for you to get up on the NBA. And follow us at social at at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. We'll talk to you soon. Knucklehead.